I'm Jody Weitz, Results and Success Coach, and these podcasts teach you how to make significant changes to live your dreams, make a positive impact on the world, and drop your regrets. It's time for you to get spectacular. Welcome back to Your Spectacular Life. My name is Jody White's, your professional coach, helping you get a life that is nothing less than spectacular. I am thrilled to have as my guest, Adam Lucero today. Hi, Adam. Nice to be on. Oh, nice to have you on. Great. Well, let me tell you a little something about Adam. In 2016, Adam was stabbed in the throat, chest, and arms while at a movie theater and woke up seven days later from an induced coma. From that event, it forced him into learning how to optimize human performance and live life fully. Now he works with driven people and entrepreneurs to boost their productivity and performance using that same information he used to build himself from the ground up. He works with mindset, habits, health, nutrition, and fitness to bring his clients to success. Mm -hmm. Well, that is quite a story. (laughs) Yes, indeed it is. Yeah. What do you think? um, Do you think it was a random stabbing in 2016 or gang stabbing or where did you think it came from yeah so he was schizophrenic in his own world um so just wrong place wrong time essentially he was looking at other people to attack but ended up choosing me so yeah wow got that magnetism right had to Mm -hmm. be you (laughs) Mm -hmm. wow and so you were just uh hanging out how old were you then at that See, I was graduating college, probably 21, okay. so about 21, somewhere in that territory. Great. So it must have been totally freaky. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, think about it. It's just like you're watching a, you're watching a movie, then all of a sudden someone, well, I thought he actually punched me because like how I was just watching a movie and then I felt like a hard hit to my throat. And my initial reaction was like, this guy hit me hard. Like I grew up with three older brothers. We used to hit each other and stuff. Yeah. I was like, this guy hit me hard. Right. And then so I stood up, I was like, dude, what the hell? And then I felt another punch to my arm and chest. And then I turn around and I push them. And as I push them, I feel a cut on my wrist and ear. And then instantly, that's when I realized this guy didn't punch me. He stabbed me. Well, and it was actually with one of those knives uh, where the blade gets bigger, closer to the handle, you know, like the chef knife ones or whatever. Okay. So it went halfway through my throat. I'm not sure if you could see it there. Punctured my lung. Went so deep oh, in my arm, went out the yeah, other side, like just absolutely graph. crazy. Um, but yeah, it was just at that point where I was like, all right, I, I started realizing like I've been stabbed. So I started yelling like, I've been stabbed. I've been stabbed. Oh. The lights in the movie theater turned on. He started running off. So I took off my shirt and wrapped it around my neck and I was just holding the blood in. And then like two older women come running up and they're like, what should we do? 
And so I told him, just put pressure on my neck and hold the blood in. And then Call I hear someone. Call 911 in addition to that. <laughs> someone else, literally, as the woman come putting pressure on my neck, someone goes, should we call 911? <laughs> and I'm sitting there bleeding out. Am I, am I allowed to swear on this or no? Um, I'll keep it PG. Darn or, okay, or... I'll do that. Uh, so I was <laughs> like, yeah, you should freaking call 911. Yeah. If you don't call him in this situation, when would you? And I'm like sitting there bleeding out and I'm just like, I'm so angry. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? This is what 911 is built for. Um, right. And so then like my perception of time is disordered because I was like, had adrenaline bleeding out, whatever. Oh, yeah. And then I say like five, 10 minutes passes, paramedics come. They start asking me all these questions like, what year is it? What's your name? What's your mom's name? And I, I get it. They want to make sure I'm conscious and staying yeah. with them. But yeah. I'm just pure rage. I'm like, shut up and save me. Like, I, I don't care what day it is. I don't want to answer all this yeah. stuff. And so ultimately they're like, all right, like, let's get them up on stretcher and get them in the ambulance. Yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah. like, let's do this. And, and I love the way you're protecting yourself. I mean, you're in the middle of all this. Mm -hmm. You know, your adrenaline's pumping. They're mm -hmm. asking, you're like, no we are going to do this next yeah. you're like directing the whole thing yeah so what, what happened next adam yeah so basically they're like all right let's get up on the stretcher and so they have one person they like pit me up there and i feel like all my wounds worse than getting stabbed because i don't have that adrenaline in me anymore and mm. it was really painful and so they had one person on the front right of the stretcher one on the front left one back right and one back left and then they have one person holding me down now the person in the front right steps over a row of chairs because I'm like in the very back row practically. And I feel all my wounds worse than getting stabbed. Person in the front left goes over that same row, feel my wounds. So for every row of chairs there were, I felt like I was getting stabbed in all those spots again four times because it's like four people going over the oh, same row of chairs. Man, yeah. And so I remember just looking at the ceiling and trying not to scream my guts out. Like I remember it's just like just pure pain and rage. I was like, oh my God. And so they get me into the ambulance and I remember thinking like, okay, the paramedics got me. I can start to relax. Like, I don't need to worry. And then as soon as I get that thought, I feel a cold rush through my entire body. And then I realized, I was like, I lost a lot of blood. Like I could die here. Yeah. And then yeah. they grab like an oxygen mask and then put it on my face. And I remember thinking, do not fall asleep. You're not supposed to fall asleep Ooh. in this situation. But I knocked out within the seconds, like a super powerful. Uh, and then I woke up seven days later from an induced coma. I was living off tubes. Like if you unplug them, you literally unplugged my life. Mm. And I was just in the state where I was broken, weak, and yeah. felt pathetic. Like my legs forgot how to work. I had nerve damage, couldn't speak even after I finally got the tubes out of my mouth and I wasn't supported by them. Um, and I was just left in a a state where I was like, okay, well, can I still accomplish all the goals I have for myself? Mm -hmm. Can I run a business anymore? Mm. Or is my potential supposed to rot away with my ambitions? And it was really at this low where I was like, I had two options. I could give up on my potential, make excuses and be a victim. This happened to me and you know mm. what? My life's over. Or I could fight for my potential. So this really sent me into learning how to optimize human performance because I had to build myself up from ground up like, completely weak and broken. Like I kid you not when I started being able to eat normal food, which took me weeks, mm -hmm. um, I would have to nap at my plate because I would get so tired. Like literally the act of eating Whoa. wore me out and I'd have to nap, wake up and I'd face would be in my food to start eating again. <laughs> and like getting up to go to the bathroom. It felt like running a marathon. I was like, I'm so 
pathetic right now. And so that's kind of what sent me into this mission of learning how to optimize human performance. And here I am now running a business to help entrepreneurs and really just driven people in general, optimize their productivity and performance. Wow. What a story. You know, that's incredible. I mean, one moment you're on one path in your life, Mm -hmm. the next moment it just totally changes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Now, you know, besides being just totally exhausted and having no energy, Mm -hmm. when did you start deciding, all right, uh, you know, I've Mm -hmm. got to come back. My choice is to be here fully, is to, you know, get myself back. And then that's step one. But Mm -hmm. when did that come along and how did it come along? So I would say probably a few weeks, um, pretty much when I was in the hospital at some point. So probably within like the first two weeks, again, it was kind of when I started asking these questions, like, do I give up on my potential? Like, what am I doing? And then I just decided in that moment, I was like, this happened. It's time to embrace it instead of swear at the world and resist it. And so it was when I had that mental switch where I came from victim to stepping into what happened, accepting it, embracing it and doing everything in my power. So that's really when it, I had that like pivotal switch in my mind and also my actions. And I told myself, I was like, cause I remember when I, I tried, they were like, do you want to get up and go to the bathroom? I remember I was laying in this position for seven days. And so I went up like 15 like degrees or like 45 yeah. degrees, yeah. something like that. I went up like 15 degrees. And I remember being about to throw up, like feeling like I was going to throw up. And I was like, I'm living off tubes. If I throw up, I'm, how is this going to work? Yeah. I'm going to throw up into tubes. And I had to look at the ceiling for five hours and then like with the same spot in the ceiling. And then the next day they're like, all right, do you want to try getting up to go in the bathroom again? I was like, let's do it. Go That's ahead. when I discovered my legs didn't work anymore. And it was really at that point, I was like, I used to be a division one track athlete and now I can't even stand up. Like mm-hmm. I was just, I was like, I'm, I'm over this. Like I need to do whatever it takes to get better. And I told myself in one year, I'm going to be faster. I'm going to be stronger. And I'm going to be wow. happier than I was before. Cause I was like going right before I got started. I was at like a high on life. I was just in a really good place mentally, physically just crushing it. And so I told myself, I was like, all right, in one year, we're going to be back to that. And so within one year, I actually ran a four fifty nine mile, I was putting up close to as much weight into the gym as I was before and was just unhappy. So I was like really just throughout the process of being in the hospital, accepting it and then giving myself a goal. And there's every day working towards it is what led me to overcoming it, I would say. Yeah. Wow. I'm amazed and inspired, you know, so you essentially set the big goal Mm -hmm. and then, you know, had it in your mind and essentially every day worked mm-hmm. on getting closer and closer and closer. And closer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that's amazing. Um, did you have any, you know, times where you just said, I, I quit. I mean, this is too hard. I'm just going to lay back and take Frust- stock or yeah. Yeah. So definitely frustration. Yeah. Lots of frustrations oh, along the way. Your body doesn't work the way it oh. used to. It's like, why aren't you doing what I want you to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so a good example of that was like, I remember, so I started regaining the use of my legs again. At first I had to use stretchers and stuff like that. But then I started being able to walk again. And I was like, I remember I got released. So I was able to start walking. I was like, all right, like, let's get this going. I would start running. And so I tried running and I just fell down. My legs literally weren't strong enough to support running. So I just tipped over and like literally fell on the floor. And like, I remember being like, 
I am so pissed off right now. <laughs> like I used to like I ran a in high school, I ran like a 423 mile or something like that. And now I can't even freaking jog right now. Like just yeah. being so angry and frustrated at the progress, uh, not coming quick enough. But those moments started to dwindle out as it went on because at first it was the recovery is more crazy because I had to do like physical therapy. I had to go to normal therapy, speech therapy, because I had nerve damage preventing my tongue from going in a certain direction. So like I couldn't even speak clearly. I remember I'd order food or something like that and I'd go pick up the food and they thought my name was Alan instead of Adam. Like I couldn't pronunciate my own name because my tongue wouldn't go to the right and just tons of small different things like that. But just through the consistency of day in, day out, doing all the exercises I need to do and then learning how to boost my energy just started to become, started to see the progress. And when you get that progress, it yeah. kind of feels that motivation. You're like, all right, like a month ago, I couldn't even walk. Now I'm starting to walk and do some runs. I'm starting to be able to speak more clearly again. I'm starting to be able to eat normal foods again. Cause like yeah. just everything changed. Like even the water I drink, like I had to make it like a liquid, almost like baby food texture. Every food I ate had to be in that kind of texture and yeah. even my water. So it was like jello water. <laughs> it was like oh, interesting and stuff. It was yeah, just, yeah. it was a lot, but um, yeah. yeah. So that, so I, I am really going to point out the way that you, you know, when you were having a frustrating moment, you were able to just say, look, last month or even last week, week yeah. I had these small positive changes moving forward mm -hmm. towards the goal and that uh that picked you up so mm -hmm. you know fast forward when did you decide hey i think i think i have something to share here i think i could really help people on their own journey when mm -hmm. did that happen yeah so i'd say i've always had a passion to help other people like even from a younger age like when i was in college or anything like whenever I just help people, I felt really good about myself, whether it was helping them get the physique they want or just feel better or if like overcome like mental blocks they have. So they achieve more. Like I, I noticed I'd friends would ask me for help. I sit on a phone for 90 minutes and feel so energized, just passionate talking about them. So I've always had that passion. Um, but it was essentially after I got better, I started working for my brother's marketing business. And then like a year after that, I was like, I want to run my own business where I help people optimize their health and their performance. And so I would say I've always had the desire, but then I started taking action on that probably like a year and a half after being stabbed somewhere in that territory. Great, great. And, um, you know, did you know what you, who you wanted to help? I mean, you're in a marketing firm, so... Mm -hmm very important to target markets, mm -hmm. know your audience, know your messaging. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about that journey mm -hmm. of saying this, these are the people I want to help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like most entrepreneurs, it's a, it's a, it's a journey, right? You usually don't dial it in right away. It's trial <laughs> and error, making pivots everywhere, nonstop. And ultimately finding that path. It took me a while. Like first four years of my business, I wasn't making money. I was losing money, um, spending money on advertising, whatever it may be. And it's tough because I remember I was like, I had, I had a job. Like, so the reason why I was up in Northern California when I got stabbed is because I was looking for a sales job. And so I, I actually worked there for like a few months and it was great. I was only working 30 hours a day, 
they were offering me thirty a multi- hours a week. Or th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> thirty I'm like, hours a week. Oh, wow, that does not <laughs> sound fun at all. <laughs> yeah, no, thirty hours a week, and yeah, they, I was on track for like a nice promotion and stuff, but um, it just didn't feel right to me. So what I guess what I'm trying to say is like, it took me four years of not making money and me thinking like I could have been making multi six figures if at that job, yeah. and instead now I'm living in my brother's garage because I I can't afford rent. I can barely afford food. I can't even afford food. I have to go into debt to afford food. Yeah. And then after that, I lived in moved into my mom who lived in a sixty five year old facility uh, retirement facility, and I was just thinking I was like I'm twenty five. I've been an entrepreneur for four years, not making money. I'm living in a sixty five year old retirement facility, like. Is this the right path? And mm-hmm. so it was like four years of just struggle. And the whole time during that, it was like I wasn't messing around. I was working 10 to 12 hours a day every single day for seven days out of the week, whether it's uh trying new things for my business, making new pivots, trying a new message, trying a different audience, or whatever it may be. Um, but again, just through trial and error, constantly pivoting, you learn what who you want to serve a little bit more, and then also like I started asking myself like, okay, what kind of life do I want to live in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Um, and I realized I was like, well, I want to be charging people a pretty high amount to work with me, like 10 to like 50,000 one-on-one and stuff. And I was like, well, the people that are going to be able to afford that are going to be entrepreneurs because the impact I create in their lives, that's going to generate so much more revenue. Whereas if I'm working with someone that's at a salary job, yeah, I can improve their performance and whatever, but they're on salary. So like they're not able to afford the prices that I'm going to want to be charging. That's going to provide for the freedom of life that I want in the future. And so for me, I just through trial and error, then also thinking about where I want to be in the long term, and then reverse engineering it to figure out those entrepreneurs and really just driven people like salespeople too. That's that's a great way to to walk it back to understand what you want to make, what market can afford mm-hmm. your rates, and then you know really say, all right, I'm targeting in on these people. Yeah. So um, tell me, um, you know, who are the the entrepreneurs that you work with? What uh, what's their avatar look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the most part, typically I work with people where they're doing pretty good. They're like six figures, multi six figures, but they feel like they're their own worst enemy. They can't get out of their own way. They kind of feel like they're self sabotaging. They're like, if I could just do these things that I know I should be doing. my business would be flourishing. They just don't have that consistent motivation, the consistent productivity. And so oftentimes that's who I typically like working with because we have these crazy transformations literally in a day. Like people could be what I call like inconsistent entrepreneurs. They make promises to themselves, but they don't change their actions for even 10 days and they fall back to their old patterns and ruts. Um, And I like working with them because literally within days, they could be struggling with this for years, but within days we're able to, it's like the new person's reborn. I see how much more confident they are in themselves. They're effortlessly taking action, keeping their promises and their businesses to start flourishing. But it's not just those mental swaps because the other way we describe it is like, look, if you wake up feeling exhausted, tired, mental fog, it's harder to push yourself. And if you do, the quality of your work's not going to be very productive and grow your revenue or business. So we focus on a few different factors. The first is going to be Tapping into your mindset, which is really your subconscious mind, because your subconscious mind dictates 95% of the actions you make in your day. And this is why people often struggle with their New Year's resolutions. They consciously declare they're going to start working out, eating healthy, doing X, Y, and Z. 
but they're not in the habit of those activities, which is how your subconscious mind operates. So then they get into what I call the brain battle. Conscious mind's trying to change themselves so they improve them their life. Subconscious mind wants to stay the same because it sees every habit as a survival mechanism. And guess what happens? They make a few days of progress, feel fantastic. Then they say, oh, you know what? I deserve one day off because I've been doing great. And then that one day turns into another and another until they're, on, they're all patterns and ruts. Um, so typically it's everything from mindset to habits. Cause that dictates all your results, nutrition and fitness to help boost your energy levels, your mental alertness, and just get you in a state where you're consistently producing high quality work. That's great. And, and I uh, love the fact that you are looking at the holistic person, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to, they're waking up, they're burned out, you mm -hmm. know, are they going to push themselves and the next day be more burned mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. you know, how are they taking care of themselves to to oh, be innovative to mm -hmm. have the energy to communicate well have clarity mm -hmm. for themselves yeah, because exactly. clarity brain fog is is gonna set in there and and mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, coffee is not going to help that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And then you're just going to get dependent on it eventually. Yeah. That's the thing with caffeine well, and supplements. Yeah. Yeah, eventually ahead. it just becomes a point where if you have it, it gets you to a normal baseline because that's what you're used to. But then if you don't have it, it's a huge hindrance and you can't work and be productive. So it's like in, at first, maybe those supplements might be good, but then eventually it becomes a dependency that actually inhibits your productivity and performance. Absolutely. You know, doing it naturally on your mm -hmm. own energy level, maybe a little, maybe one coffee per day mm -hmm. uh, is the way to, the way to treat your body well and not burn out your adrenals. Mm -hmm, so exactly. later on in life, you'll have plenty of energy. Mm -hmm. Going back to habits, um, how many days do you think it takes to finally have the habit and not have this mm -hmm. back and forth conversation with the brain? Like, I don't want to go outside and, mm -hmm. you know, do a hike. I want to stay inside, you know, I want to mm -hmm. stay indoors and sleep more. So a few things to touch up on how habits work is all through repetition. So it's kind of like, I can't give you an answer of three months or two months or whatever, because like, look, if you perform, let's say you're trying to get in the habit of reading more often, if you pick up a book and read once a day, well, yeah, that might, habit might take like probably 60 to 90 days before it's solidified to the point where you're picking up the book effortlessly without an internal battle. But let's say if you're picking up the book and reading 10 times a day, you're going to form the habit much quicker than the two to three months because it's repetitions. But the thing is, we like looking at found key foundational habits that every high performer has, billionaires have, multimillionaires. And one of them is the habit of sticking to your word. Because think about it this way. It's like, you likely brush your teeth every single night, regardless of how tired, lazy, or unmotivated you are. You simply do it without an internal battle because you're in the habit of it. Yeah. But imagine if you were in the habit of sticking to your word, then to the point where when you tell yourself you're going to work out, you simply do it like that as easy and effortless as it is for you to brush your teeth, because that's what ultimately happens if you form this habit. Because once you have this one habit, then you can produce any change you want. Because when you tell yourself you're going to work out, when you're going to eat healthy, you're going to go to bed early, you simply do it. And so we focus on the right key foundational habits that are going to lead to any creating any other habits that you want. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes it makes a great deal of sense. It's great yeah. that, that you have that. It almost sounds like you're having the uh, client have a contract mm -hmm. with themselves. Mm -hmm. I will do these things yeah. now. Um, and, and sticking with it is Part is the action part of 
that contract. Yeah. What other foundational habits do you feel are important? Yeah, so integrity is like forming the habit of being an integral person, which is keeping your promises to yourself and others. That's really one of the biggest ones. The other one is going to be accepting full responsibility. Now, people hear this and they're called, oh, I've heard about this. I know it. It's like, yeah, you might know it on the conscious level, but you don't know it on the, the deeper level that actually provides the value to you. You probably hear people speak about this all the time, but it's like, again, looking back at me when I was stabbed, I could have been a victim made excuses, my life's over, but how is that helping me? It's not enabling me to actually put persevere and push my life forward. Whereas if I take a hundred percent responsibility, this has happened, I'm accepting this, then it gives you the power to move forward. So often when I see with entrepreneurs is they blame the external world. Oh, I can achieve a seven figure business because the dang economy took a hit, or I can do this because my business partner, but then you're losing your power. You're essentially saying that your business growth is dependent on an external factor that you don't control. And so you lose all your power and ability to fix the solution. Whereas if you say, you know what, even though the economy is shady, I could have done X, Y, and Z and empower or persevered and pushed through this. So by accepting 100% responsibility, it gives you the ability to find solutions instead of make excuses. And so when you look at like all these, like look at Elon Musk, like he's trying to do things that people think are impossible. Yeah, most people would have said, oh, it's not possible, giving up victim mentality versus mm -hmm. him, 100% responsibility. I'll find a solution. And so it just goes to show when you look at all these billionaires or multimillionaires, they operate with 100% responsibility. They keep to their promises and they operate from commitment. Commitment mm -hmm. doesn't care how you feel that day. It doesn't matter that you woke up feeling tired and don't want to hit the gym. Commitment is hitting that gym regardless that you're tired. And the beauty in this is you, if you do this for every single day, and actually live by these mechanisms and not just consciously understand that this is what you should do, but actually be that person, be committed, be integral, be responsible. And you live by this way for a few months. It eventually becomes habitualized to the point where it's effortless. And then you just are that high performer. And then that's when your business starts growing time and time again. I see with my clients because they understand these lessons consciously. But again, it's once it hits on a deeper level and you start being that person, that's when the change comes into your life. Yeah, you know, it, it feels so good mm -hmm. when you are being true to yourself and mm -hmm. saying, I'm doing this for me. So I am just going forward with my promises, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's where I personally see people really grow is mm -hmm. they start to see that they have control in these parts of their life mm -hmm. to make it's a difference. A yeah, a superpower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with clients who, you know, they're working with you, they, mm -hmm. they've got the contract, they've got their goals. And, you know, they're just they're just not coming through. When when do you have the talk with them or the multiple talks or what? what? Oh, as, soon as, as soon as they fall off, because All again, right. we pretty much have the main lesson. It's like we have students that sometimes literally they'll watch the lesson and they're like, holy shit this is what I've been missing in life. And mm -hmm. they truly embody all the lessons I just talked about, the commitment, responsibility, and integrity. And they actually embody that person they want to become. And then there's no there's no fallbacks ever. 
Now that's like probably 40 to 50% have that instant transformation. Others, it takes like a week or two weeks and sometimes they'll find it, fall back into their own patterns and ruts. And then I would go, you're not understanding the depths of the lesson. You might consciously understand it, but you don't understand the depth to it. And then mm. we just have to keep re-talking and re-talking and re-talking until it finally hits home. Like I had a client, Ben, who just constantly, not wouldn't constantly, but he'd, he'd, he'd hear what I'm saying, kind of believe it, but then like wouldn't fully apply the lessons. He wouldn't <laughs> be committed and would fall back into his patterns and make some productivity. But then he's like, Adam, once I rewatched the video and it just hit me differently, he's like, I just started embodying it. And once they that lesson hits a certain way, it resonates a certain way, yeah. then the transformation is complete because they understand it. If, does, does that make sense? That makes um, total sense. You know, you're you're reminding them that they're not getting it at a deeper level and mm -hmm. they've they've got to do whatever it's going to take either fake mm -hmm. it till they make it mm -hmm. or, or just just keep trying um until mm -hmm. they get it until they say yeah i i did go to the gym yesterday and i i, I have more energy today and mm -hmm. it does feel good and now mm -hmm. i was more creative later on in the day Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I definitely get that. That's great. Um, tell me about a goal that you have for the rest of the year in 2024, Adam. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm looking to essentially do 1.5 million. That's it. I don't like tossing money goals around yeah. too much because it's it's not really why I do what I do, but I always have goals in terms of revenue, business, but also quality of life. So not only do I want to increase revenue, but I want to do it while working less because while I was in those four years where I told you I was struggling, I was working 10 hours a day, 70, 70 80 hour weeks and stuff like that. Like I neglected my social life. I didn't have mm. any friends because when they hit me up, I just told them I wouldn't come. And after time and time of them like hitting yeah. me up and me denying or not coming you stop getting invites and i just felt really alone and so lately i've been more about quality of life i'm like even if i make one third of what i want in my goal but i'm able to go get lunch with my girlfriend or do whatever i want when i want like that's a better life th that i want to have i've come to the realization that it's more about the journey rather than the destination mm -hmm. and it's like what good does an eight-figure business do if you don't enjoy your life like yeah. that money's not going to be taken to you the next life it doesn't provide that value it's like so more so than the the revenue goal is like my freedom of time and quality of life is something i'm really focusing on where i'm going to be working under like 30 hour weeks right. um typically even less than that so that's more of my goal there um yeah those are like the main ones that was just grow my business essentially rather than the revenue goal and then also how to build that in a way where I have freedom of time. So it's going to be a lot of like delegating, building out teams and then streamlining the processes and stuff. Now, obviously I'm going to have weeks where I, I'm sure I'm going to work 50, 60 hours and where, when needed for the growth, but yeah. Yes. Sounds great. Um, and you know, we, we all have to, what I tend to do is with my clients is I really relate that yeah, you may be having a great time building your business mm -hmm. most of the time, but it's mm -hmm. got to relate back to your personal life. And those mm -hmm. two have got to exchange uh, values and beliefs mm -hmm. and desires. So both are really strong. 100%. But yeah, you know, mm -hmm. it all feed, one feeds the other, other etc. Yeah. And that's why it's like, even with, I've actually been incorporating this into 
our program and stuff too. Cause it's like, I don't want you just to grow your business. Like obviously that's going to be a byproduct of you becoming more powerful and operating more productively. But it's like, also it's like, you're going to boost your energy so that after you finish work, you still have the energy to go run around with your children or you feel like you have the energy to go on a date with your wife or girlfriend or whatever. It's like, we want to elevate not only your business, but your personal life in terms of quality as well. So yeah. That's great. Good, good that you're putting that in there because I think the happier people yeah. are in both personal and professional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, everything goes better. I think more people are happier. The world mm-hmm. is happier. So it's mm-hmm. just not a one to one, it's one to many outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Adam, how can people get a hold of you if they want more information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a link I shared with you. If I'm not sure if you are pushing that link, but maybe it'll be in the call notes. If not, yeah, no, um, please. Yeah, that'll be. I can drop the link, but it's like superhumanceo.com. Basically, you'll see more about my story, our case studies, and then if you want to book a call to work with me, then you can do that. Alternatively, you can just find me on Instagram. It's going to be Adam Lucero One, just the number one. And so you can message me on there. Either works, but um. Yeah, those are pretty much the main ways to get in contact with me. That's great. I love the name of that um, of your website, mm-hmm. Super Superhuman, Superhuman CEO. CEO. Oh yeah, yeah well, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like sign me up right now just from hearing that. <laughs> You're like, I want to be a superhuman CEO. I want to be a superhuman. <laughs> Well, Adam, I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us today, telling us your story. And uh, it certainly feels inspiring what you're sharing with all of us. I'm I'm certain my listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It was nice talking to you. It, just great. All right. You take care and um, you have a wonderful day. Will do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful that you've listened to the end of this podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review it, and share it with your friends. I love teaching insights so that you can have a more impactful and meaningful life. It's my mission to build a thriving community of happy, fulfilled people. Want more? Visit my website at yourspectacularlife.com dot com.